Once again, it's time for And Now the Good News, a weekly exploration of the good news happening in the world. Hi, I'm your host, Reverend Robert Brzezinski, and each week I explore and share the stories of hope and love and inspiration that have caught my eye in the past week. We'll explore exactly how we can create a world that works better for everyone. So get ready, it's time. And now, the good news. And hello again, dear ones. Reverend Robert with you. Episode number 54 of And Now the Good News. That weekly look at the good news stories that are reminding me we really are creating a world that works for everyone. And the world is definitely working this week for the Tigers and the tiger population. Now, listeners to the program know that uh, we get most of our stories over at thegoodnewsnetwork.org. They do great work over there. And we've heard a lot of stories in the last several months around animal species making a comeback, uh, doing well in the environment, doing well on the planet. And this was before the virus started spreading. This was happening. It's just become a lot more prevalent and a lot more obvious right now. Today we were talking about the tigers. Now I didn't know that July 29th was actually International Tiger Day and on uh, on the 29th there was some news released that there are tigers in western Thailand spotted for the first time in four years uh, making a comeback. Tigers are making a comeback there in uh, western Thailand. And tigers making a comeback across the whole planet, actually. Uh, Russia, China, Thailand, and most especially India. Uh, and uh, most of the last, the most recent census, there's about 70% of the tigers are located in India. And uh, today, t- uh, India has over 50 tiger reserves and has close to 3,000 tigers. Uh, now, that's a big change. Back in 1973, they only had nine tiger reserves. So, uh, this was the 10th anniversary of Global Tiger Day, International Tiger Day. I hope you had a chance to celebrate it. If not, it'll come around again next year. And there's a great article here on how the tigers are making a great comeback. And, you know, folks, there's good news happening all over our planet. And one of the big things is the ecological news, things that are happening to bring us back into a state of balance with the planet. This next story comes out of South Africa. Uh, two women, Santi Gauz, I hope I'm saying that properly, and Ursula Van Eck, they co-founded an organization called Sunshine Cleaning, and the idea was to address the plastic population within neighborhoods that are adjacent to rivers and canals, try to keep the river, the plastic from getting to the ocean long before it becomes a problem in the ocean. And uh, what they found is that uh, the Blue Downs Canal and River System right there in Cape Town is probably one of the dirtiest and one of the the toughest environments for plastic getting into the ocean. So uh, they got to work and started doing it all. And uh, they had... uh, They've partnered up with some other organizations and they're cleaning up the blue downs, getting the plastic out of there. They had a huge cleanup day, uh, even in the midst of the pandemic. Everybody wearing masks, staying socially distanced, and they were able to pull about 825, 26 pounds of plastic 
from the banks of the canal just in one morning. Just in one morning. Pretty amazing. Good work, ladies. Good work, everyone in over there and getting uh, and getting these uh, getting these rivers cleaned up. Good work, South Africa. All right, on to our next story, and this one takes us to England. Uh, this is one of those great stories. Uh, a teacher has spent uh, his entire this whole lockdown delivering lunches to his students. So Zane Powell's is his name, and he's been preparing 85 lunches every morning. He was afraid his students would struggle to access food uh, when their schools were shut down. He estimates that uh, he's done over 7,500, uh, 7, excuse me, over 7,500 packed lunches, and that he's probably walked about seven and a half miles a day every day for 17 weeks, over 600 miles of walking. There's some great pictures of him here with backpacks and belly bags and uh, carrying bags and bags of food. Uh, he actually said it got to a point where he just couldn't stop. He thought that after a while, he, you know, it would end and, and he'd do something different and it just uh, hasn't stopped. So it's really just congratulations, Zane. Good work. Still at it uh, and uh, still delivering lunches from what we can tell. Good work. Now, here's another interesting food story for us this week. A Washington man, Washington State here in the United States, Washington State man rescues 2.4 million pounds of farmers' crops that are going to waste. And he gets them into the hands of food banks that need them. Georgia Hearn, uh, he heard through the grapevine that some farmers in Washington State were giving away their onions and their potatoes because they just couldn't sell them. Uh, restaurants in Seattle couldn't take them. Uh, their exports to other countries were shutting down. They couldn't take them. And these farmers were just left with a huge amount of food they couldn't do anything with. So George put out a social media post, asked if anybody had a truck he could borrow and maybe a trailer. And he was going to haul a couple thousand pounds of potatoes and onions to the food banks in Seattle. Well, what happens is, uh, before he knows it, he's got four trucks, a couple of trailers, and back and forth, they have hauled over 9.3 tons of crops grown in the east to feed people on the western side of the state. They grew into a nonprofit, as is often happens with these kind of ideas. It's called East West Food Rescue. They've saved over 2.4 million pounds of food from fields. And uh, the, the interesting part is they've also had to develop how they deliver it because the food banks can't take just a truckload full of raw potatoes. So they've had uh, boxes donated, farmers have donated onion bags so that all these things are packaged up properly and then that way the food banks can, can take them in. Uh, great work there. I'll make sure to leave links for all of these stories and all the ways you can stay in touch and support these great efforts in the show notes for today's program. And so look there for more links. Here's another great nonprofit story. This one, it's happening in North Carolina, and the group is called Growing Change. And what happened is they took over a decommissioned prison, and they're turning it into a farm and growing food. It's a year-round farming and education center. Uh, it solves several problems at once. 
because it brings together young men that are on the edge of the criminal justice system that are perhaps just been uh, gotten in trouble or, you know, are about to get in trouble. And they pair them with wounded veterans who are often jobless, often homeless, and creating a mentor system. And, uh, and really just, wow, <laughs> lowering the recidivism rate. Um, so flipping these prisoners, uh, there are people that you know, are, all, again, on the edge and giving them an opportunity to do something good and grow food and learn, wow. What a great, great idea here. Good work in North Carolina. Good work to growing change for all the work they're doing. Um, really uplifting, inspiring story. And you know, folks, it, there's always enough and there's always a way. That's part of what this is all about. There's always enough and there's always a way. Even if we can't see it, even if we don't know it, there's enough. There's enough potatoes in the world uh, in Washington that everybody can be fed. There's enough food being grown in North Carolina uh, that people can be fed. And, you know, in the Bronx, you're never going to go hungry. This is a great story. The Bronx. Now, when you think of the Bronx, New York City, it's home to 1.4 million people. It's one of the nor it's the northernmost borough. It's the most racially diverse place in our country, according to the U.S. Census. Uh, and it's one of the nicest places in America. Yeah, that's right. Reader's Digest has been running a contest on one of their websites, and you can vote for uh, the nicest places in America. There's 50 finalists, one for each state, so you kind of wander around the map and look at the different ones. Uh, and these folks, so in the Bronx, New York, the nicest place in America, one of the top 50 is the Bronx. And it's because of what they're doing to keep everybody fed. It all started back in March. Uh, Eliza Abrams Conning, Koning uh, pre-ordered 30 pizzas as part of a, uh, a holiday celebration for the Jewish holiday Purim. And she ordered these at her synagogue. Well, as it all turns out, right, everything shuts down. Nobody can do anything. They still got these 30 pizzas ordered. They didn't want to cancel the order and they wanted to continue to support the bakery where they uh, ordered from. So they took the order of pizzas and started handing them out to their members and getting people pizzas out to people. So now they've got a pizza brigade start taking donations so they can deliver more pizzas and more food, uh, taking them to medical centers. Uh, they donated uh, 25 pizzas to a local volunteer, volunteer animal uh, ambulance corps, excuse me. Uh, they sent pizzas to the hospitals to feed people that were working, uh, doctors and nurses that are working so hard. And it spread and other Jewish communities started sending pizzas around as well. Uh, this is all happening in Riverdale, New York. Uh, Reverend, uh, or it's uh, Selma Raven and her partner, partner Sarah Allen, uh, started doing some stuff up there as well. All kinds of people getting involved. And what they did, they put a refrigerator outside the restaurant. It's called the Friendly Fridge. Uh, the restaurant's called The Last Stop. And they put a friendly fridge out in front of the restaurant. And it is a, there's a picture here. It's stock full of food. Take what you need. Leave what you have. They clean it. See, sanitize it every day. And they say that it's being used every day all the time. Deli owners, uh, deli owners dropping off sandwiches. Fruit vendors dropping off fruit, vegetables, 
Uh, there's some dry goods in there as well, but mostly fruits and vegetables, the kind of stuff people really need. So nobody, it seems to me, nobody in the Bronx is going hungry unless they, they want to. And everybody's being fed. And somehow Bronx is becoming one of the nicest places in America. One pizza, one refrigerator at a time. Kudos, good work out there. Now let's not forget, we are in the midst of a pandemic and we are in the midst of a great sense, a great calling for racial justice and social justice in our world and in our country. And this next story really touched my heart. Um, a gentleman got involved in the local dad's club and uh, he started to share how he had been uh, the subject of racial attacks in the past. Uh, Maurice Ellis, he's a Jamaican immigrant, his wife Caroline Ellis, they settled in Canada, this happened up in Ontario, and there's an organization up there called Dad Club London, and it's just dads working together to be dads, to support each other. And in conversations, what happened is that uh, Maurice, or he also goes by Mo, uh, started to share the story of how he had been uh, oppressed, how he had been you know, verbally attacked, and the things that have happened to him. Well, uh, a couple of the members were just like, no, uh-uh, not in our, this doesn't happen in our community. And uh, they set about to not only bring more awareness to this, but they also raised money uh, for Mo and his family, made sure that his wife had money to go to uh, college to pay her tuition, made sure his children had uh, Legos to play with, and uh, made sure that, uh, that Mo was taken care of as well. There's a great, really heart-touching video here of them and uh, what it, the, the big quote, one of the more organizers said, what happened to you doesn't represent this community. We don't stand for that. When you said, I guess that's the way the world is, it broke our hearts because it can't be that way and we won't let it. We together stand as a community against racism. Really brought uh, tears to the hearts of, I believe, everyone that got to witness this. Good work for Dad Club London. Congratulations, Maurice. I hope you see the, I trust you see the good in people. Uh, and congratulations to the people of Ontario, Canada. Good work as well. All right. Hey, we always also like to look at the future in this program. And uh, scientists may just have discovered a breakthrough in Alzheimer's research. And what they're doing is they're experimenting with oxytocin. And it might just reverse degenerative brain disorders. So Alzheimer's, of course, uh, is a, a progressive disorder that just attacks the brain. Uh, this study suggests that uh, they may be able to unblock the brain signals that become blocked leading to dementia. And oxytocin may just be the the role normally oxytocin is released by the pituitary gland it's known for its role in female reproduction system uh, in inducing feelings of love and happiness any woman that's ever induced a pregnancy knows what oxytocin is uh, here it is now they call it the love drug uh, there's a few other things out there known as the love, love drug as well 
Oxytocin, however, uh, really shows some promise in this. Now, it does need some more work. Uh, the, the article's a bit more in-depth. I'll make sure you have links there so that you can take a look at this. Um, there's links to the complete study, too, as well. So you can, if you're the scientific type, you can read into uh, a scientific uh, study here. And this all happened at the Tokyo University of Science is where this is coming from. So good work out there, man. Good work out there, folks. Thank you for being a part of the solution and continuing to do the work to find what it is that's going to support all of us in creating a better life, a better world. All right, our final story today, one of those great stories of friendship and a deep, deep commitment because it says here, a handshake is a handshake. And those were the words of uh, Tom Cook in Wisconsin after he won a $22 million jackpot playing Powerball. Now, when he says a handshake's a handshake, what he's talking about is that back in 92, he shook hands with a good friend, Joe Feeney, and they agreed that if either one of them ever won the Powerball jackpot, they'd split it 50-50. Well, Tom won the Powerball and realized, wow, it's a $22 million jackpot. I think you know where this is going. He First call he made was to Joe. Joe said, hey, are you jerking me around here or what? And uh, no, Tom told him, no, this is real. And uh, it's a great picture of him here with both their wives. After taxes, they each get about $6 million. So the prize was 22. Taxes took 10 of that. They each got six. I think they're both happy, though. They're smiling in the picture. Uh, there's a little video clip here as well. And they say that uh, it's going to make for a nice retirement. So congratulations, gentlemen. Tom, good work. A handshake's a handshake. Uh, I might want to make that agreement with some of my friends. I don't play the Powerball, but if they do, uh, that might work out for, for me. I don't know. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for being with us here again today. This is another episode of And Now the Good News. I'm going to go back out and start finding some good news stories to share with you next week. And if you see any good news, please let us know. Drop an email, info at ntmedia.org. That's info at ntmedia.org. Let us know about the good news stories you find, and maybe we'll feature one of those here on our program. Thanks again for being with us. Until next time, go forth and be love. You've been listening to And Now the Good News, a part of the New Thought Media Network, available exclusively at New Thought Radio. Join us, patreon.com forward slash New Thought Radio. Positively inspiring. <laughs>